Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hardwood Nation podcast with your boy, C.L. Anthony. And it's been a while, but we have Kevin Carter back on the show of the Balls in Our Court podcast. What's going on, Kevin? Not a lot. Just I don't know why y'all wake me up this early, but y'all lucky I was awake already. <laughs> oh, we appreciate you jumping on. And, and you know, we, we talked about having you on last week, but we couldn't make it happen. So we are here. This week, and just to set the stage for the last couple of weeks, we've had Joshua and Mike, uh, formerly of Hardwood, on here breaking down this Brittany Griner situation. So I definitely wanted to hear your opinion. Two things, you're a proud American and you're a veteran. Kevin, go ahead and shoot. I think it's all a bunch of just political nonsense, propaganda, stupidity, whatever you want to call it, that's what it is. Because, like, I'm just going to jump right into it. I know you wanted to hold off a little bit. But I read some of the comments and stuff that you guys were getting just for your takes on all this stuff. And people are are ignorant about the process about which is going on right now. It's not about the drug laws for another country or anything like that it's they found one small little thing that they could grab her on grabbed her on it because they knew she was a name in this country she's a professional athlete she had her say about things that were going on in this nation and all of that stuff and they grabbed her as a not really a war criminal but they grabbed her as like a she's a big gigantic bargaining chip now that's all she is that's all Brittany Griner is is a big gigantic bargaining chip look does it the biggest thing is she's a professional athlete not that she's black not that she's white if a white person would have went over there and they were a professional athlete and they had weed on them they would have done the same exact thing just for their leverage of trying to get their people back this is what it's all about This is a big, gigantic political nonsense that people have turned into a black and white thing that people have turned into just a woman thing. It's 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 all nonsense. If you look into it deeply, all it is about is political nonsense and them trying to get back a war criminal for a basketball player and a guy that we've had stuck over there for however long he's been stuck over there. I will tell you one thing, though. Any other person would have been in the White House. She would have already been home because these people aren't scared of our president right now. These people look at these people look at him as a pushover and are trying to milk whatever they can out of him and out of all the people that we got in power just so we can bring her back home just so they look good. Right. It it was when this when the story first started, like me and Bryce didn't cover it at all. And Joshua sent me a text and said, hey, have you guys talked about this? And I said, no. And so he offered to come on and talk about it. And him and Michael did a fantastic job for the two weeks that that they were on. I mean, just fucking fantastic. When I first started hearing about it, it was from the standpoint of the disparity between NBA players and WNBA players as far as their salary. And I just dismissed that argument. I'm like, I don't want to hear about that. The girls didn't necessarily go over there just for money. They had been going over there since like the 70s and 80s because we Mm -hmm. didn't have a professional 
uh, women's league in the United States until 1996. So they would go to Russia, they would go to South and Central America to continue their careers after college. That was mm-hmm. the genesis of the girls going over there. So I dismissed that argument altogether. We know the WNBA doesn't make as much money as the NBA. Therefore, the salaries will never be the same. That's nobody's fault. Um, nope. Then we got into the the political aspect of it. And I'm like, hmm, okay, it might be something there. You know, Russia's holding our hands to the fire trying to get some stuff back. I'm like, okay, I can go with that. Then we got into the racial component. And I'm like, okay, I do agree that. I, I do think there's some of that to it. And, I, and Bryce was the first one that brought it to me. He's like, Cam, I'm seeing some racial stuff here. And I said, okay, well, if you feel comfortable about it, we can talk about it on the podcast, which we did. And then we had the comments hit, and it just validated what Bryce said. So I thought it was hilarious. I thought the whole thing was hilarious. Oh, when I, when I read the comment, <laughs> when I, I, like, I went back. You told me yesterday or the day before, go read some of this stuff. And I read, I read some of, I'm like, the ignorance of some Americans <laughs> that, we have it like you can see the divide in this country about any little thing. Right. Because they automatically go, look here, look here, look here, look here, look here, look here. You're not allowed to call somebody racist and then call somebody a blackie. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't do it because then guess what that does to you, you imbecile? That shows how racist you are. Ignorance is bliss in some people. That guy must be living the most blissful life I've ever seen out of anybody in this world because that is the most ignorant thing that I've ever seen. And guess what, Mr. John Doe? If you want to say anything to anybody, you could definitely come say it to me. <laughs> because, I'll, because I'll put you in your place. I'll let you explain where you're coming from and then I'll put you in a place that you needed to be coming from because that my friend was the most ignorant statement anybody has ever made. You can't call, you can't go. That's like going, I'm not racist, but as soon as you put the butt in there, guess what? (laughs) You're racist, dog. It, it was great. I even posted. I I I joined the Hardwood Nation. Joined True Social at his exception, but I never posted anything on it. So Joshua was like, "You might want to check it out, but you might not like it." I was like, "Well, let me give it a shot." So I posted some stuff on True Social just to see, you know, just to rouse some people up. Um, we we are a basketball podcast. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes sports and poli- politics intersect. So we're going to talk about. It. Um, but yeah, it, it was the last couple of weeks have been great, been fantastic for our YouTube channel. And I'm going to jump <laughs> on uh, Joshua Host the Doubted Views podcast. I'm going to jump on there one day soon. Um, but do you think, considering the, the, the very small amount of uh, whatever it was, THC she had in the, in the vape cartridge, do you think, despite the fact that she did break a law, do you think the nine years was extremely excessive and for political gain? Yes, it's for political gain. The whole thing, the whole thing from her getting arrested for having that little bit amount of THC on her to all the way up until the sentence to everything that happened in between is all 
political. It is all a political shit show, as I like to call it. Th th that's all they're doing. Everything is for everything is for political gain and political pushback. Russia was stupid for going and invading the other country. They did that because they did that because there's nobody with testicles that are holding them back from doing anything. The only person, and I'm saying it, it'll piss people off. I don't care. I'm not a big fan of his at all. But the only reason why they haven't done all this shit that they're doing before is because Donald Trump was in office. There, I said it, but you can get on me all you want to, but it's the damn truth. The dude was in office, shit like this wouldn't be happening. Because people were scared shitless that this dude was so crazy. That if anybody did something stupid, Donald would go off on them. Yeah, yeah. It was that people were scared that Donald had such an itchy trigger finger that if they did anything, anybody did anything in this world, or that he had somebody in his back pocket, that they would do nothing to do anything to go against the United States. Now you don't have that guy there that anybody is remotely afraid of. They're not afraid of the guy who can't even spit out a sentence correctly. He has to read the teleprompter and he reads it again for some odd reason. I don't know what he's doing. But that's the big gigantic thing. Nobody's scared of this dude. They're going to milk as much out of America as they can just to get her back. Because now it's turned into such a, uh, a media-driven and it's, it's in the public now that everybody is like, you need to get her back, 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 that they're going to do whatever they have to do to get her back. So now Russia just won because they did it that way. Yeah, we're about to get we're, we're about to get ass raped uh, as far as what they're going to try to get back, which we talked about an arms dealer, some other killer that we have that they want. Yeah, back, we... So. We ain't got we ain't got Pat Riley trying to get, do this trade. We got Joe Biden trying to do the trade. Yeah, so this is going to be pretty bad. Um, we got a we got a shit we got a shitty GM. We ain't getting back no draft picks. <laughs> yeah, man. Just like Bryce said, Russia's like the Nets right now, trying to get everything they can get. <laughs> yeah, Russia. Russia's like the Nets trying. <laughs> Oh I just thought about it too. I just yeah. thought about it too. They're yeah. trying to stay. They're trying. We're trying to get a skinny, uh, a skinny power forward back from Russia, <laughs> and 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 we ain't got nothing to really send back. Yeah, no. we haven't offered. We haven't offered Jalen Brown up yet. <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw our segment on that, but that was pretty hilarious too. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, the Celtics are like, what, what are you guys doing, okay? What, what are you guys doing? So so we're going to move along. And last week, last Sunday specifically, last Sunday afternoon, we lost one of the Giants in, in all the sports, and, and probably mm -hmm. in uh, civil rights history as well from a sports standpoint, and we lost Bill Russell. Um, I, I have a special guest. I'm going to pipe them in real quick, so hopefully you can hear the video. And sit tight, and then we'll talk about it. All right, Cortez, you got it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Cortez, Paul the Ball, my court podcast. CL Bryce and the Hardwood Nation has called me to to get my thoughts on the passing of Bill Russell. I mean, it's easy to go off on 
Bill Russell and his basketball accolades and 11-time NBA champion, five-time MVP. I'm sure CL and, and Bryce and the Hardwood Nation will, will cover this very well. Um, but let's talk about the man out off the court that he was and what he meant to the civil rights movement at a time where um, racism was at an all-time high. Um, and people were pretty much didn't want to understand your walks of backgrounds and beliefs. Um, Bill was one of those guys that was a, was a pioneer to to get this movement on the right way and realize that every man and woman is equal regardless of the color of their skin. And seeing him mentor, you know, NBA players and NBA family over the past years, and I'm, and I'm sure he's seen this sport went to impeccable heights. And um, he always was friendly with everybody. You see him at all the All-Star games when he was able to. Um, he joked around with, you know, about everybody. he just make you smile. And he was just a bevy of knowledge and a bright a bright man that you've seen that everybody can go to. Bill Russell has definitely got to be debated as one of the greatest players that ever played the game. And at least from a center position, one of the best defensive centers to play the game. Um, solid, re great rebounder, um, ambassador for the game. And um, eventually you, you, you just know that we're all are facing our mortality. And um, you're just happy to see him be an ambassador of the game for as long as he has been. And you just want to keep all his close friends and family in prayer uh, while they go through this tough time. But we do need to recognize that he is a legend in this game. He is a top 75 players. He was recognized on the 75th anniversary NBA team. Um, so there's so much you can talk about Bill Russell on and off the court. And I keep it short because I know CL and Bryce uh, will go over the legacy more in detail. But he's just a wonderful man that you hear from afar. Never met him, but the stories and the way you see him carry himself, you know he was just a fantastic man. And you just think for his imprint that he put on the basketball game and all these individuals. Obviously, you see all the outpouring love and support uh, for his friends and family dealing with this passing and honoring the great Bill Russell. All right, Kevin. What did you think of Cortez's word? Man, if I knew you were going to have him on video, I wanted to come on. <laughs> that boy been avoiding me for God knows how long. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> As always, Cortez, eloquent in his words. Uh, he knew uh, he said a lot about Bill Russell. Uh, of course, he always, him being the basketball historian that he is, and apparently uh, anytime we have to do a podcast from now on with him, we have to do British accents because that seems like the you know, only people he will do a podcast with lately. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me now. I, I don't know if I just got thrown away or anything like that. But, uh, but no, um, he, he, he did a good job there. Uh, to me, Bill Russell was the, uh, if you want to say it, the Martin Luther King Jr. of the NBA because 
what he did outside what he did outside of the court as much as he did on the court what he did outside of the court not only for the game of basketball but for civil rights and for all the stuff that he represented he his legacy is more of that than it is basketball to me because he he done more he done more with less per se especially back then especially where he played we have right. to think that he played in Boston. Boston to this day is still said to be one of the most racist places yes. to play basketball. And it, the, how he did it and how he carried himself in that day and age and how he still represented it all the way up until the day he died and and used his position to talk about things that back then people really wasn't talking about and kept carrying on, carrying on, carrying on, and carrying on. That's, that's, that's a big, gigantic part of his legacy, along with all the stuff that he did on the court. Of course, my thoughts and prayers are with his family and stuff as they, I, I knew that I think the funeral was already happened. But, I'm not um, sure. I was looking. I was looking to hear about when it would be, but I'm not sure. If it I know I haven't. It's been a week, and you still haven't yeah. heard anything about it. But I'm sure that the NBA community will will show out in fold to go to go to this to go to his memorial or do whatever they're going to be doing for him. Um, but yeah, he's a he, he was a tr tremendous ba ambassador for the game of basketball. He was a tremendous ambassador for civil rights. And he was one of the uh, one of the greatest basketball players ever to play the game, and uh, that's how that's how I would remember Bill Russell. I, I would people would always ask me who's the greatest player, of course, and I would always tell them Bill Russell. And they'd be like, "Why not Michael?" I'm like, "No disrespect to Michael, to me, Bill Russell is the greatest winner of all the sports. So, eleven total championships, a, a stretch of eight in a row." His last two as a player and a coach. That's something we'll never see. <laughs> we'll never see that again. Okay. No, no. Um, no. So that's I, I would always address him as the greatest living NBA player. Um, I remember the first time I saw him, like on, on television. The first time I saw Bill Russell was in '96 when they celebrated the 50th anniversary of the league, and I just remember watching him and, and Wilt Chamberlain just cut up. They did a special on those two guys about their rivalry and how they would talk about playing against each other. And I, I fell in love. I was like, oh, my God, this is great that those two were such fierce competitors, but actually good friends off the court. Um, and then we lost Will actually a few months after that, yep. a year or two. But um, that was my first time just seeing the, the man that Bill Russell was on the court. And then in the years after that, learning about how he was off the court and how instrumental he was for civil rights in the 60s. Um, I will say, I do remember hearing that, I heard his house was vandalized and I also heard his house was burnt down and he lost a lot of his memorabilia while he was in Boston. And he was like, screw this, I'm out, left. And, you know, within the last 10 to 15 years, he returned back to Boston, you know, they put the statue up, um, and kind of worked on that relationship with the city because for a long time he was like, no, I'm out of here because those fans really didn't appreciate what they had. And that's horrific when you think about it. They never uh, do though. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you look back, if you look back, Boston fans really never appreciated anything they do. 
Boston fans, Boston fans cared more about whatever the Red Sox did than anything far more than what the Celtics did ever. And they, it, the, basketball was always underappreciated there. Sure, they won, but the only real time that that team got any sense of anything was when, and I'm going to say it, was when a white guy was the face of their team. That's the only time that, that these guys really gave a crap about Boston basketball is when a white guy was the face of their team. And for Bill, for the stuff to happen to Bill after he represented that city so well and everything like that, it's just they needed to do something to try to rebuild that relationship because that's just the way that, that Boston was. Even to this day, people still say stuff about it. Who came out and said it the other day? That, that they said something. Hey, where's your least favorite place to play? Boston, because they're racist as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I I remember it was him. I just, you know me. I just don't, don't, don't. You won't say his name? <laughs> no, no, no. He is, uh, he is, uh, ye shall not be named. Yeah. I used to be that way with another former Heat player. Eddie Jones. I was always so disappointed that Eddie Jones for years. I would never say. It. I would never say his name for years. Never do it. I'm just. Uh, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. I'm disappointed in him because the stance he can take on so many things, he doesn't do it. Right now, all of a sudden, he's taking the stances on stuff, but it's it's like, dude, you're doing it. One, you're doing it ass backwards. And two, you're not going about it the right way, man. Take the stance. If you're going to take the stance, take the stance and stay on that stance. Don't continuously jump around just because of other things that you've got going on that you want to stay going on that people are still going to do. If you're going to take the stance, man, take it and be done with it. Don't don't flop around it. It's almost like, and if you if you compare the two players, and we're talking about Bill Russell and LeBron James, for those who don't know, it's almost like, even though they didn't have social media back in the day, Bill Russell didn't do it for show. He didn't do it for publicity. He did it because he genuinely cared about his people and saw things all around him that was wrong. Mm-hmm. It, almost, it almost comes off with LeBron James is that he does it for publicity he's just he's the highest profile athlete in the world and he he just has to say something and sometimes he says things at the wrong time sometimes when he hasn't done the actual work or research he'll just pop out something and it, it'll be foolish as shit and then he'll retract the state um it, and it, it, it's, it's like a show and tell type deal bill russell didn't have to do that everything yeah. he's everything he did everything he said mattered um, and LeBron James could have been that way, but now he's too far gone. It doesn't even, it doesn't yeah, even matter. Anymore. He's gone because people look at him completely different now. People look at him like people looked at Bill, and Bill was, Bill was do. Bill was show and go, not show and stow. He, <laughs> he, Bill went and did what he needed to do. Bill would be on Bill would be out there with the people on the lines. Right. Like he would be he would be at these protests. He would do things like that. And and, and we seen it during all this stuff. A lot of pro athletes were out there with these with just people, with just me and you. Right. They were out there with us going and 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 showing that they're 
that they're against what was going on, that they didn't like what was going on, that they they were with the people. And you had some guys who stayed in their houses and 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 threw stones from their house, but didn't want to get the stones thrown back at them. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. They 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 didn't want to be they didn't want to get out there. They wanted to say something, but they didn't want to get out there and say something because they were worried about something would come bouncing back off of them mm -hmm. and that they would they would do something the wrong way instead of just doing it and showing people that you actually care. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a huge difference between uh, those two athletes. And if, if I could be half the man that Bill Russell was, I would be happy with that because I, I know we're going to still find out stuff that he did behind the scenes that wasn't publicized. Um, and I just, I just can't wait because, like I said, he, he was a mountain of a man. And um, the NBA is going to miss him. I'll go ahead. I can't, wait till, I can't wait till somebody really tells his story. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I can't wait. I know they have books and I know they have – but I can't wait until someone really tells the story of Bill Russell. Like we get the we got we get the last dance, but in <laughs> Bill Russell form, to oh, where it's yes. to where it's all these shows about everything that Bill Russell done from inside inside the arena and the court to all the stuff that he did outside. Because what for every good thing that he did inside the court, he did something good outside the court as well. And you've heard stories about things he just did for people that he went out of his way to go and do stuff for people, white, black, indifferent. Right. He, he did think he was a humanitarian and he was a, he was just, he was a good person as well as one of the best basketball players to ever play, especially at his size and, and what he could do on the court. He, yeah. is, he, he was just a, he was just what we like to call a good human being. Mm -hmm. That is so eloquently said. Uh, wow, <laughs> that was that, that was great. Look, I, I look, watched. look, Fred. For every time that I'm funny, I can be that way too. So y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all just don't, y'all just don't typecast me. <laughs> look, I, I watch uh, Chris Bouchard's and Rob Parker's podcast. I can't think of the name of it right now, but one of those guys said. As great as Bill Russell was, which again, greatest player ever, how much better could he have been if, if he could have just played basketball and not had to worry about all the racism and all the other stuff that was going on? Was that, like, how? <laughs> that's the thing, man. That's the thing. People don't people don't realize that the total think of okay, here's a perfect example. Think about Jackie Robinson. Hmm. Jackie Robinson, for how great that that man was, had all of that weight put on his shoulders. Right. If Jackie Robinson didn't have all that weight on his shoulders, he would have been a thousand times better. These guys were not only weighted down with the pressures of being good on the field or on the court, but these guys were also put with the pressure of, being the first black guy to play basketball, being a black man to lead the team in Boston, being and having all of this stuff go on during this time in this country when black people really were hated. Like anywhere you went, 
There wasn't really a lot of places that black people could go back then that would accept them with open arms, except into their own community. If they went outside of that community, they wasn't accepted. So it, you, you got to think all these black athletes that played back then, even when they go to college or whenever they went to, if you were the first black guy to do anything in a sport anywhere, you had so much pressure put upon you and thrust upon your shoulders that if you didn't have that pressure, you would have been 10 times better than you were. And these guys had these guys had these guys had a community on their back, per se, that they were the ones that were representing the black community. They were the ones that that whatever they said, whatever they did and everything like that represented a whole group of people. And I couldn't imagine the pressure that these guys were under with all of that on their backs. And I give kudos to every single one, not just Jackie and Bill, but every single guy that was the first black guy to go and do something wherever they went and done it at, because they had the whole pressure of the whole entire community on their backs. And because of people like that, we have moved along slowly, but surely we have moved along in this country to now where you see that black people are, are, are getting the type of recognition and the type of, the type of positions now that, that, that they deserve because they're people just like everybody else. Right. Everybody, everybody in this country deserves the same opportunity to get anything that we want to get because that's what America should be. America shouldn't be because you're black, you don't get this. Or because you're Filipino, you don't get this. Or because you're from another country, you don't get this. People come to America to live the American dream. Black, white, green, yellow, purple, any color should be able to come here and not have to worry about what people are going to say just because they're a different color, a different race, a different creed, a woman, a man, woman, a woman, man, uh, whatever, whatever. We should be living in this place to where we don't have to worry about these kind of things. But the fact is we still have to worry about these types of things. And we have the guys, we had the guys like Bill Russell and Jackie and all of these other people to, 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 to try to move forward. And we've moved forward, but we haven't moved forward enough. And we need more people to come out in a positive light like they were doing and stop with all the negativity of trying to fight negative with negative. We need to fight the negative with the positive. Just right. like all these people in these comment sections on YouTube and stuff. Why are you being so negative? Like, this is why we are at the place that we're at. Because people are so negative. There's one thing, there's a couple of things you should be a negative about. If you don't like the other person's sports team, be negative as hell about it. Because that's what sports is about. <laughs> if you don't like a movie, be negative about it. You can be negative all you want to, but don't bash somebody because they like something else. We have these outlets that we can use just to have fun with each other and to get on to each other. But we don't need it in everyday life just because somebody is a different color than you are. Mm -hmm. Come on. It's it's not worth it. It's it's not worth it. Would you have read? I'd rather us have fun because 
somebody's a Magic fan and I'm a Heat fan and they've sucked for a decade that I can make fun of them. So the, people make fun of me all the time. I'm a Jaguar fan, for God's sake. So it, it like, like just enjoy each other. If we enjoyed each other more, this place would be such a better place. Yeah. But the fact is, we just don't enjoy each other anymore because people, people are going to be. The bad part is we've had so many people. We had so many generations just move their anger down. That's it. To generation to generation to generation to generation that nobody has put that stopgap in between there to where you're like, you know what? Stop this shit. Right. Right. You stop. Just just stop this shit. Like in my family, in my family, you had generation to generation. They went hunting. They went fishing. They did all that stuff. And they were they you could tell that it was it was. eh. Then you had then you came to me. I played basketball. I played football. I had more black friends than you could count. And people didn't. And people in my family were like, well, you play this. Well, ain't that a black person sport? I'm like, yeah, I'm really good at it. So now it's a white person sport too. I'm like, y'all just need to learn to appreciate, appreciate things. Like, don't get mad because I'm playing this and I have a lot of black friends. Why are you getting mad about it? It's not your life. It's my life. Let me live the way I live and stop trying to rub yourself off on me. And when we can get to that generation that puts that stopgap in there, the world will be a better place. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it's funny that you brought up the heat because we, we're going to have an old school heat lifers segment. Let's go. I got I to gotta, I gotta go. ask you. I got to ask you. Okay. What in the world is going on with this roster right now? What do you foresee us going, in, going into the season as? It's, it, it, it befuggles me because <laughs> it seemed like every move, every non-move that you have made, that we made, has been, okay, we're going to see what's going on with KD. That's mm -hmm. what every non-move has seemed to be. Like, look, we're going to put – they're putting their eggs all in that one basket. They're not even in the Donovan Mitchell basket anymore. They didn't they, – no. they never – They I don't think they ever were. I think they put all their eggs in this KD basket because from, from what I'm hearing now, KD has got that heat syndrome to where, look here, it's – Every time he meets with the Nets, he's like, send me to the heat. Well, we don't want all them white guys back. I'm sorry, KD. We, 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 we don't want all of them back just for you. So it's, it's just one of those things to where they're in that holding pattern. But when you get into that holding pattern, you lose out on people. Like we right. lost out on a few guys they can bring in to play small forward because right now you don't have one. So you, you what you're going to go to guys that we already got on the bench? Uh, I'm not looking forward to that. Um, what Kyle Lowry now all of a sudden trying to get skinny because he didn't realize that he needed to be that last year. Uh, he, he trying to get in shape now, uh, dude. Dude, man, you should have known when you were coming here that you you were going to have to be in shape. Like you do not see the muscles on all the guys that are on that team. Do we? The only thing worse than Kyle Lowry's uh, out of shapeness is that shitty tattoo that Tyler Hero got on his chest. <laughs> no work, no check. <laughs> it's, it should say no work, no chest because that's, <laughs> that's what, 
It looked like my man has not been doing no chest presses or anything like that. He looked like hey. me out there with a big shitty tattoo. Hey. I'm like, I'm like, bruh, man. I'm like, bruh, man. I'm like, dude, you, you my dude and everything, but damn it, you deserve to be traded now with that shitty ass tattoo. <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of okay with them running it back. I mean, look, I've said this on the podcast every week since this happened. PJ Tucker leaving hurt my heart. I knew it was gonna happen. Yep. That 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 absolutely hurt me. Um, but I just saw this week where we may be trying to work a trade with Phoenix to get Jay Crowder back. So I did see that. Um, see that was now that was the only way that the PJ Tucker thing leaving was be bringing him back because right, right. you know me, I was a huge Crowder fan. Like right. Crowder was Crowder was my dude. Like if so we I, can't have PJ Tucker, I want Crowder because they're almost interchangeable. I think I said that when we lost him and then when we brought in PJ. I was like, those guys are interchangeable. They're almost the same dude, except Crowder didn't foul as much as PJ Tucker did. But, <laughs> but, but they're, they're, you, get, you get what I'm saying. They're, they're almost the same dude, and they fit what they need to do. So if they bring him back, that'll be perfect because I they're just they're dragging out this KD thing as much as they can until – that point and then once that point hits that they're going to be like okay we're not going to be able to get him then they're going to switch over and look to a different lane yeah that's why i feel like we haven't given tyler the extension yet because they're trying to save that for exactly to make them to make the monies match up so they don't know exactly how much you know to give him to make the monies match up for the hold up the hold up is you can't put bam in any deal that yeah that's the big gigantic hold up and nobody's yeah. going to take Ben Simmons in anything. Right, right, right. <laughs> nobody's going to trade you a bag of Cheetos right now for Ben Simmons. Like, it, it, that's, that's the big, gigantic holdup. And really, if you send Bam away, KD wants to play with Bam and Jimmy. Those are, those, those are his big two that he wants to play with. It, it, it's insane because, you know, first he said, you know, Phoenix and Miami – and I'm like, Phoenix is not going to gut their team right now for Kevin Durant. And they effectively came out and said that. Then Boston kind of eased in there a little bit, which still doesn't make sense to me. And um, I'm like, well, maybe Boston would do it. But I think Brad Stevens would be an absolute fool to make that move. And so now it looks like that's not going to happen. So you still have Miami lingering there like, please, please, just please, we'll do anything to get them. <laughs> it's like Brooklyn's like y'all don't have shit we want. <laughs> here's the here's the here's the thing here's the thing with your comment section on uh on YouTube too. I do Jalen Brown is not the second best shooting guard in the league. Please do not ever write anything like that again on the comment section. Thank you very much. If he was the second best shooting guard in the league, guess what the Nets would have done? They would have traded Kevin Durant. Then get so you know what that tells me that he's not. He can't handle the ball at all whatsoever. When he dribbles, you're like, oh, there's a steal. No, dude, no, 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 no. Please recant whatever you just said on that thing under this under this show. Please recant your stupid Jalen Brown is the second best point guard or second best shooting guard in the league. Thank you very much. I would definitely appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, that was a long comment, and I think he was butt hurt too. But it's just like... no, it, it, the whole co the comment made my head hurt. 
The whole comment, like reading it, made my head hurt. See, these are the things you should argue about, not over a color and everything like that. Argue over that somebody put that Jalen Brown was the second best shooting guard in the league. That's what people should be arguing about. Yeah, he, he's good, but he's not that. So, it's like when people said James Harden was better than Dwayne Wade. Get out of here, people. Not doing it. Not, not wasting my energy on it. Um, I, even though Boston had a lot of help, and I don't, I don't think me and you have talked since the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, mm -hmm. Boston had a crap ton of help from the NBA in that series, and it was painfully obvious what they were trying to do. Um, I, I, I still think they're a championship contending team. And I think they need to keep their core together. I don't think they need to blow that up to get Kevin. No, Brown. hell no. Yeah. No, and, no, no. And, and I do believe Jalen Brown was a bit upset because there were slight trade rumors at the beginning and midseason before they went on their run. And now we have trade rumors again. And he's just like, what the fuck? Like, what do I got to do for this team to value me and appreciate me? So I dribble. I, I, that, that, that's what you got to do, <laughs> learn, learn, learn to dribble without the ball getting taken away. So it's going to be interesting to see how he comes into the season uh, for the Celtics. If he's, if he's disgruntled, man, they, if, they, he's, if he's disgruntled, they, they're going to have some, some yeah. stuff on their hand. But he shouldn't just be disgruntled. Uh, Marcus Smart has been thrown up in how many trade rumors? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. Like they, I don't know why Boston would even put anything out there when you just went to the finals, right? With a, did, with a young, with a young core, it ain't like you went to the finals with old people. Right. You have you have a young core that you shouldn't even put anybody's name out there in trade rumors for anything because these guys are so young and y'all are going to be that way for a good while. So just keep the core going and. Y'all made that big, gigantic run last year. People are already thinking you're going to make it again this year. Keep the core together and go after it. Malcolm Brogdon on that team is a huge upgrade. Gallinari coming off the bench is a huge help for them. Like They, they made they the moves better. they needed. Yeah, they made the moves they needed to make. And then you hear about this potential Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, draft picks, and maybe one of the Williams boys, Grant or another Williams. And I'm just like, why in the fuck did this leak out? Like, <laughs> yep. You shouldn't even. You shouldn't even. You shouldn't even make. You shouldn't even. You shouldn't even made the offer. You should have been like, we're good. Just, just, we're good. Because right. if you look at it, if you look at it, you've got, you've got Boston, you've got Milwaukee. Milwaukee still, same Milwaukee. Milwaukee right. hinges on when Middleton comes back. Is he going to be the Middleton of old? So you got Milwaukee still there. You never count 76ers. Sorry. I don't count the 76ers until they actually do something. Because I don't trust their process. So I'm not <laughs> counting them at all. I, tr I trust their process that they were cheating their ass their way to signing people. So they were yeah. like, James, just go ahead and get out of here so we can sign this guy and then bring you back for cheap. Yeah. Right, right. Don't try me with that shit that you wasn't trying something. So, yeah, but I don't count them until they actually show up and do something. Uh, you still got Miami, who I think is going to run it back with what they got. You can't count Brooklyn because they're a dysfunctional mess right now. So you don't know what the hell you're going to get with them. But the East is still – the East, both 
now is this time where we've got parity between the two conferences because both conferences are loaded. So it, 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 you've got it either or way that both both of these conferences are just loaded up. But the Durant piece, where Durant falls and everything like that, if he falls somewhere before the season starts, is going to be what turns the tide for whatever team gets him. Right, right. It's just that one piece everybody's waiting to fall. I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna fall anytime soon because I think they're just going to be content with trying to run it back with him and Flat Earther. <laughs> that's that's what we're gonna call him, Flat Earther. Yeah, flat flat earther. Kyrie flat earther Irving. That, that that's hilarious. <laughs> well <laughs> on that note. We're gonna wrap it up this week. <laughs> we're gonna leave with we're gonna leave with flat earth. We're gonna leave it with the flat earth. <laughs> we're gonna fall. We're gonna fall right off the side now. Here we go. I, I will say I will say one story. One story. And my wife is gonna kill me. I, I went to a church. We visited a church years ago, and the preacher started uh talking about the earth being flat. And oh my god. In, in my mind, I was like Jesus Christ. And she texted me and she was like, just to let you know, I don't believe in this. And I was like, thank you. On that note, we're definitely... Hold on. Happy. Hold on. No, time out. Time out. We're not leaving on that. Hold on. Hold on. You went to a church where the preacher... The, hold on. The preacher of this church who reads the Bible literally thought the earth was flat. Yes. I would have got up now this is just me. I would have been got up and went, sir. I'll see you later. Adios. Because if the earth is flat, how do we get sun on one side of it and no sun on the other side of it? Are we spinning like a coin or are we getting flipped like a flapjack? Which one is it? Because for all I know, something's flat. Can't get that like unless you flip it over like a pancake. <laughs> you ain't getting no sun. And the last thing I've seen is everything else in this universe is round. It 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 was one of those things, and I I just had to swallow it, and it's like okay, you know, I, I didn't get up and walk I out. <laughs> I would have left and went and got lunch early. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd have been it, like I'm out. It it it, it was hilarious. I, I just text Bryce to tell, to tell him what we're talking about. That we're talking about flatter. But Kevin, tell the people where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter at KevinC2415. Uh, I don't know when we're going to do one again, but you can listen to this sultry voice on the ball, <laughs> on the balls in our court podcast. Uh, like I said, I don't know when we're going to do it again, I guess because I'm not British. Or whatever that he don't want to record, but we'll eventually do one. Football season's coming up, so you know, oh, yeah. you know, I'm kind of eager about that. Uh, I just watched Tony Baselli go into the Hall of Fame yesterday, so I'm I'm still a little hyped up about that. Congrats but uh, that yeah, it was cool. It, it was cool. I don't know if you haven't seen the um, if you haven't seen his speech, go and watch it because because there the representation. That I'm born and raised here, and I know this is going off on the different thing. I'm born and raised in Jacksonville, and to have someone go up there 
And because Jacksonville is always bashed, you always hear bad things about the city and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And to hear somebody who who's from Colorado with the college in USC came to Jacksonville as a pick and chooses to stay in this city to raise his family and to have nothing but good things to say about the city and the people of Jacksonville and how he's been treated. It means a lot to us that we have that kind of representation now in football heaven, as they call it, the pro football hall of fame. So it, 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 it feels good. And it, it was like, it was not only for him, but it was a justification and, and that Jacksonville belongs in the NFL. We belong as an NFL city. And we belong as as the NFL franchise, and that kind of just that kind of just made everybody here feel like we belong now. So it was right. it was it was kind of cool, and and the love that he showed for everybody. And hell, I think half the city went up there because as soon as he got up there to cheer, you couldn't hear anything else because isn't it was. The, uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, uh, isn't he the first true drag to go in? He is the first Jaguar to go into the Hall of Fame. And the funny part was you had him go in as the first Jaguar to go into the Hall of Fame, but you had Leroy Butler go in as well, who was from Jacksonville. Mm, I didn't know that. Okay. So Leroy Butler was from Jacksonville, went to FSU, and then played for the Packers. Right. He went in in yesterday as well. So when he got introduced, he got this big, gigantic ovation from all the Jaguar fans that were there because he's from Jacksonville. Right. So right. He, he, of course, gave a shout out to Jacksonville. Everybody gave him the Duval. He gave one back. He was like, I love Duval. you guys. Thank y'all. Yep. He was like, I love you guys. Thank y'all for that. And then he talked about Green Bay and everything. But he talked about Jacksonville and, and the people that were his coaches and stuff around here that are very revered coaches around here. So the, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame was all about Jacksonville yesterday Good. for some reason. Yeah, I definitely got it. Yeah, it, 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 it was great, though. It, just go watch Tony. If you can find it, just go. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. But okay. just go watch Tony's uh, Tony's speech from yesterday. It really makes uh, uh, people that live here feel like we belong now. That's awesome. That, that is awesome. But thank you very much for jumping on with us today. Um, like I said, the last three weeks for our YouTube channel has been pretty awesome. We're going to have more guests on this season with this new software that Joshua recommended, which is absolutely fantastic. So going forward, we're going to try to have people on a lot more. So, and, you know, if Cortez would ever wake his ass up, you know. That boy, that boy don't know. That boy, that boy, that boy's sleep schedule is, is like, is like, is like farmers uh, watering their crops. You don't ever know when the water is going to turn on. You uh, just know it's it, you just know it's going to turn on at some time, and eventually you may be able to get a hey, what are you doing? Right, right, <laughs> right. It's like God damn it, boy, wake up! So <laughs> again, that's going to be it. Thank you, Kevin Carter of the Balls Not Report podcast for jumping on with us, and we will see you guys again soon.